0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey, wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hey, good to have you with us today. We're starting off a brand new series in the book of Philippians. We're talking about joy for the next four weeks and we are excited. About this new series, I'm also really excited about that moment we just had with God just a few moments ago. That, like, I leaned over to my son and said, "Anderson, this is what it feels like when God moves in the church, and this is this is real." And and I want to encourage you, if you're visiting with us today, you just experienced. God. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of a church where God is moving, and this is a good place to be. You're in the right spot, so let's jump into this series together. We're looking at the book of Philippians. Now, I've always liked the book of Philippians because of one very significant paradox that takes place. You see, Philippians was written from prison. So, on the one hand, we have Paul penning a letter from a prison cell. And on the other hand, Philippians is a very unique piece of literature because it highlights joy 16 times. There's 16 different references to joy in these four little chapters written in a book from a guy in a prison cell. And that doesn't make any sense. And in so many ways, what I love about the book of Philippians is it serves as a, a master class for finding joy in the midst of persecution or in the midst of trials or in the midst of brokenness or heaviness or darkness. And I love that about this particular book. Now, what's fascinating about joy, especially through the lens of Paul in this particular book, is the fact that joy is not what you probably thought it was. In fact, every time I hear the word joy, especially around November, around Christmas, I'm like, oh, okay, of course, it's joy time. Now we're going to sing joy. I remember the song, I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Man, you know, I didn't grow up going to church. I learned that song watching The Simpsons, actually. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's a real song. Wow, Christians sing that stuff. And, and, and so there was this piece to me. I was like, wow, okay, joy. And there's just always, I've had this thought, because Christians, we're supposed to be joy filled and joyous and joy something, but we're not always looking very joyful, are we? And there's this piece to me that's like, what is with that disconnect? Joy is kind of complicated, but so simple. And what I love about the lens of Paul through Philippians is we get to see joy as a gift to the Christian, joy as a gift from God to the believer. The reason he could write a letter from prison that highlights joy the way he does is because God has done something inside of Paul's heart and in Paul's life. In fact, I feel like I can make the argument that joy actually serves as a foretaste of heaven. On this side of eternity, as far as you and I know, if you want to experience heaven, joy is a little micro deposit of what heaven is. It's God giving you a little appetizer for the good things that are yet to come. In fact, when I think of joy, joy really serves as a byproduct of our eternal life here on this earth. Like when you become a Christian, you don't just get to experience the fruit of being a Christian, like the goodness of what it means to be a Christian once you die and go to heaven. It doesn't work like that. If that was the the way God designed it, the moment you became a Christian, it would make more sense if all of a sudden, you disappeared and went to heaven. (laughs) But he leaves you here. And as, as we walk out life, real life, as we walk out conflict and consequences and life and difficulties and good things and bad, we get this little foretaste, this little appetizer, this little teaser where God's saying to the believer, relax. There's, there's, there's more to life than this. There, 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 there's so much more than what you're experiencing. I've got so much more for you. And joy is the, the, the byproduct of that. When We start to realize that joy is more than a, a feeling. It's not just, it doesn't just happen by thinking happy thoughts. I mean, your super hot girlfriend, she breaks up with you. You start thinking to yourself, okay, i got to feel better. Uh, okay, uh, happy thoughts, uh, two-for-one coupons, uh, puppies, uh, winning the lottery, whatever, right? Like You don't just think happy thoughts and all of a sudden, poof, everything's all good. It doesn't work like that. Uh, you don't find joy by acting a certain way. You don't, you don't just will it. And there's Christians in this room where you feel guilty and you've been walking with this level of guilt because you're like, I don't feel joy. I'm a horrible Christian. I can't make it happen. It's because you don't make it happen. Take that pressure off your shoulders. It's not on you. It's in you. Joy comes from inside of you. It comes from the Holy Spirit's work inside of you. It's the the fruit, the byproduct of your salvation, the hope that we have in Jesus. Joy, we often put it on the shelf like this cliche little Christian-y kind of word. But joy is a game changer. And that's what I love about this book, Philippians. And over these next four weeks, we're going to learn from joy, this irresistible joy that's taught through the lens of a man in a prison cell. It's good stuff. It's going to be really good stuff. But for this morning, let's look at Philippians chapter 1 together, shall we? Philippians 1 starts off with an awesome greeting. Paul's the master of it. He's a great writer. He wrote the majority of the New Testament, so it's kind of what he does. But we get to verse 12. And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where I wanna camp on for a few minutes as we wrap up this morning's service. But it says in verse 12, these are his words. Again, remember, all these people from this church in Philippi, they're panicking, thinking to themselves, oh, Paul, it's horrible to be you wow, you're, you're, you're in prison because you're a Christian? Oh my goodness gracious, it feels so bad for you. Like, like, what's going on over there? I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine to put myself in your shoes. This is horrible. And this is Paul's kind of response to them. And in verse 12, he says, whoa, starting off, let's start here. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here that is in jail, Has helped me to spread the good news. What a perspective that is. What a perspective. It speaks to this idea that joy is deeper than a circumstance. That his first response back to all these people wondering what's going on, what's it like inside the clink? And he's like, This is my answer to you. The gospel is moving forward. And so I want to say this to you this morning. If you leave and you have heard something, I want you to hear these words. I want you to be encouraged because God can use your bad story to tell a good story. And we see this in, in Paul's life. Here he is, he's in prison. That's a pretty bad story. Prison isn't awesome. And there he's in prison. But yet from this prison cell, he has this perspective that says, whoa, watch this. Jesus is moving. He's, he's spreading the good news. You thought this was dark. I thought this was going to be dark. But yet, there is light in here. And I think of this posture that he must have. That as a Christian, oftentimes when bad things happen, we, we start to focus on all the bad things. We focus on all the negative stuff. And yet here he has this attitude that says, I want to I see God move. And and, and the joy of the Lord is giving him strength. Verse 13. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. What a picture he's painting there. He's saying, listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't panic over me. Don't be nervous, don't be worried. I want you to hear this word of encouragement. Me being in prison is actually a really amazing thing. God is taking advantage of this opportunity in ways that I never could have possibly imagined. In fact, get this, everybody is noticing that I'm a Christian. Like everybody knows that I'm here because I'm a Christian and the guards see it, the inmates see it. And I want you to be very encouraged this morning, friends. And when you go home, that your story is more influential than you know. And here's Paul looking back to his, to writing back to his church. Don't worry, because here I am, and Christ is shining through me in a way that I never could have imagined. I couldn't have written this story myself, yet here I am. And I can't help but wonder, of, of all of us in this room, what stories are in the midst of being written? I can't help but wonder which people are watching the way that you respond to this stuff that you're going through. I can't help but wonder if this is our opportunity as a church to shine in such a way that our community takes notice. Verse 13, or verse 14. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. So this is what he's saying: I'm in prison. Don't be nervous because God is moving and doing a good thing. the 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 The, the guards are noticing. the 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 inmates are noticing. But what I love about this particular verse, verse fourteen, he's saying the other Christians are noticing too. It's like there's this kind of, um, this, this accelerated motion that's taking place. And it says, because of my imprisonment, because I'm here, because I'm a Christian, and I'm in jail because I'm a Christian, most of the believers here have gained confidence, and they look at my story, and they're beginning to speak boldly and without fear. It's as if he's saying, listen, listen, church, just please be encouraged, be encouraged, Because your sacrifice may actually be somebody else's sermon. Don't be scared to testify about what God is doing in your life. Don't be scared to shine around other Christians. Don't be scared to share your story about what God is doing in your heart and in your life. Because your story of survival is encouragement for somebody else. This is how we get to see God move in our our generation. This is what it looks like. This is how we get to see tangibly and practically the, the hand of God move around by telling people modeling for people, showing people what it looks like to have God move in our lives. I love this because it highlights his story not just for the, the, the sinners and the, and, the, and the prison guards and the inmates and the people who really need Jesus But he's highlighting the impact of his story for the church. He's saying, listen, guys, like my persecution is actually extraordinarily beneficial right now. (laughs) There is this like God-ordained moment right now where people are responding for Christ. And what happens is sometimes when when we face opposition and when things get difficult and hard, we, 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 kind of, we kind of hide. We isolate ourselves. We do this all the time. We, we get nervous and we kind of freak out a little bit. We don't want anybody else to see what, what's going on, so, so we keep it private. And when you take this posture of surrender before God, God is able to move in your heart and in your life in very, uh, very real ways, and very influential ways around other people. So be encouraged today. I think of the timing of the season that we're in right now, the seasonality of of 2021, how we just went through this series about rebuilding, and now here we are in November, and it's raining, and nobody really likes November on the island. (laughs) It's the worst. And this is our moment, where we we can just step back and, just enjoy the prison cell. <laughs> or we can, we can shine. We can allow Christ to, to, to speak through us, to move through us. We can allow people to be able to see who it is that God is. We can allow the joy of God to shine through. To shine through. You see, Paul's not joy-filled and joyous because he's the happiest guy in the prison because he loves a good punishment. He's joy-filled and joyous. He's filled, He's, he's, he's he's attractive to people because of what God is doing in his heart and in his life. And from that posture, he can move forward and people are being impacted. Verse 19, I love this. It says, For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. I've always found that particular verse fascinating because it gives us a little bit of an equation. Essentially, what he's saying is saying prayer plus the Spirit of Jesus equals things changing. And what I love about this story is it goes both ways. One, you can be encouraged today because your story, I mean, your prayers, rather, plus the Spirit of God moving equals life change, equals people being impacted, equals a move of God. But what I also want to encourage you with is that we pray for you regularly. We pray for you as a church. And so with the idea that people are praying for you, just as Paul, he got encouragement. He's saying, "Hey, okay, I recognize that you're praying for me. I know that God can move. And so I'm going to expect some deliverance. Well, you can recognize today and know that there are people who have been praying for you today. Praying that God would move in your life. We've experienced God move already this morning. We've felt him. We've seen him. We've experienced him. And so you can take that to the bank. God's moving. Life is changing. Deliverance is here. It's a good season to be alive. Verse 20. And we'll close with this. He, he begins to, to create this painting, this picture that on on, on one hand is kind of bleak and it's like, oh my goodness, are you you gonna actually say that? And on the other hand, it's so real and raw that you're like, wow, I'm so so intrigued by what it is that you have to say. He says, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I've been in the past. I remember what it was like before. I remember what it was like before prison. And oh man, I I remember what I was doing back then and I remember that moment and it's very easy as humans to get stuck in what once worked, what God once did and how we once felt. It's very easy as humans to get stuck in, I remember what it felt like before prison or I remember what it felt like before hardship or I remember what it felt like before I lost my job or before um, life got hard. I remember what it felt like before she passed away. I remember what it felt like in the past. And that's great. But don't live there. I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. See, here we get this Glimpse into his heart. And Paul just lays it out. He's like, I'm in prison. I could very well die here right now. This is awful. And the upside to that is I have a very real personal relationship with Jesus. And if I die, my story doesn't die. If I die, I've got, I've got Jesus. And that's awesome. And sometimes I wonder if like, we consider our faith like that. Or if church is just something we do on Sundays. But there's this depth and this honesty that he presents. And he's like, you know what? This is awful. And if I die, I die, but I get to see Jesus. And that's great. But then he says, but if I live, to me, like living, like it's Christ. Like if 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 I'm gonna live, I'm, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna serve God.
1: And so for some of us, we're like,
0: oh my goodness, nobody wants to die. And for some of us, nobody really wants to serve God. And you're looking at his two options that he's presenting, you're like, oh, this this seems like a terrible deal. But this is where joy is found. This is the secret. He's onto something. I can have hope in the midst of all this because I know that if I die, I have Jesus, and if I live, I have Jesus. And it's from that posture with Jesus that's where that's where joy is found. I'm torn between the two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. In other words, he's saying, you know what keeps me up? You know what keeps me going? The idea that you could experience this joy that I have, that you could experience the freedom that I've got, I'm in jail and I'm more free than I've ever felt in my life. I am more bound and I'm more weightless than I've ever felt because I have joy in Christ and I want you to know that joy. So would you stand to your feet with me? Because you can know that joy today too. This joy isn't just for for Paul, the apostle, and the people of the Bible. This joy is available today. it's It's not the fruit of feeling happy thoughts. It's not the result of a really great circumstance. This joy is found in Christ and Christ alone. And if you need that, I just felt in my heart as I was preparing for today that there's people in this room who need a touch from heaven. I mean we all do, don't we? And I just love that we got to experience what we experienced during the worship set. To me that's even greater confirmation of how real God is. God knows what you're going through. Don't be dis- don't be- don't be fooled. God knew that Paul was in prison. God knows when bad things happen. And those aren't signs of the the non-existence of God. Don't be tricked. God wants to speak to you. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, I thank you that you're real today. I thank you that in you we can find joy. Thank you that the process to finding that joy is found in surrender. So, if you feel comfortable all around this room, I invite you to surrender before God. We surrender our will, our, our dreams, we, our life, our ambition, our stuff, our things. God, we surrender to you. Jesus, we've tried to find our own pathway. But Father, we want to walk yours. So Jesus, I pray that this morning you would restore hope, that you would restore faith. Jesus, that you would restore joy. That you would restore the joy of our salvation. For some of us, we've been grinding it out for so long. We're tired and we've forgotten where to find joy in the first place. Jesus, we look to you. Holy Spirit, shine in us so that you can shine through us. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for for what you're doing. And Father God, we grab onto you because Jesus, you're available. And Lord, you are here. Help us to leave here different than the way that we came. In your name we pray, amen.